Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. It's still titled Zay Wonder Journal, so. <laughs> That's awesome. So Zay Wonder Journal, and you're putting up really good content. I've been following. You do about a video a week. Is that kind of the rhythm or so that you're on? About, and I, I want to be more consistent. Sometimes I go through periods where it's like, it's more of a gap. Uh, people don't realize like putting out content is actually a, is a full-time thing of itself. Like people want more content, but they don't realize like combining life with other things I'm got going on in, in YouTube. Like it's honestly like putting out a video, recording it, editing it, posting it. Sometimes that could be like a task. So <laughs> sometimes more space goes in between. I really need to like increase my consistency though. How, how long have you been on YouTube now? I think it's been like, I feel like I uploaded my first video maybe 2017 or wow. before 2017. I don't know. I was putting up videos like a while ago, but like those, I was just talking talk about whatever. That's why it was called the Zay Winter Journal because like, it's more like a journal entry, like as far as like a, in a video form, just me kind of like sharing what's on my mind or um, just whatever I wanted to. And then one day I just posted those pressure washing videos and like that's kind of been the story and since then. <laughs> you became freaking YouTube famous, man. You have all these subscribers <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, your your channel inspires me. I'm like learning from you. You know, I, I think the name of the game with YouTube is just it takes time and like you said, consistency to just keep pushing out the content. And I think the people who share the best value ultimately like win the game and have the eyeballs watching. Yeah, just finding a niche, I think, and like being authentic is a big thing. Um, in any industry, especially like this one, like there, I didn't even realize like how many other guys are on YouTube talking about like talking about the pressure washing industry. Um, cause I haven't really paid attention to like many other people. There's a couple people I like, but there are some other people that's like, you know, everybody, like everybody I would say doing this, like isn't authentic. So I think the biggest thing is looking at people's intention. Yeah. Um, so I think just showing up consistency though, consistently finding your niche, um, and just providing value. I think that's the game ultimately. Like it's really not any more complicated than that. That is one area, man. I think you do a really good job is just being your real self. It's just like, you're, you're here, you have a pressure wash business, you are documenting the journey. And like the byproduct of that is you're getting famous on YouTube, which is kind of <laughs> we're famous. Like I have friends, what's funny is like, I have friends who have like, who, um, channels with like 150,000 plus YouTube, YouTube subscribers. It's like, I feel like so small having like, oh, I think I'm almost at 7,000. Yeah. But like, it feels tiny, but like at the same time, I'm very, very grateful because YouTube getting subscribers is a lot harder than like, I would say other platforms mm -hmm. uh, like Instagram or whatever. Like you can get shout outs and stuff and blow up an Instagram page. But mm -hmm. like YouTube, like, you know, you have to it takes more time. I feel like to cultivate really a community. So I'm very grateful. Even at 7,000, I'm very grateful for every single like subscriber. Have you heard of the marketer, uh, Russell Brunson before ClickFunnels? Yep. 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 So he says, I just finished his book. He says, it's funny. We're talking about marketing. We'll get to pressure washing people watching, but he says that YouTube is the only channel that's actually a social platform. That's an asset, which is like over time it will build versus Instagram, Facebook, you know, the views could, will go down over time. Your page visits, unless you're constantly posting where YouTube, if you put out, a really good 10 minute video today it'll get views over time and appreciate right so especially if you're putting out evergreen content 
things that are going to be like still like principles that are going to be the same like today and five, 10 years from now. Um, so yeah, like my, my most viewed video, I think I posted in 2018 and that still drives a lot of traffic to the channel. So I think that's, that is a, a very good point to make out. Cause like Instagram, like no one's going back and looking at your old posts, but like YouTube, like once you bring somebody into your, uh, your community, they may go back and watch all of your old videos. Last kind of point on this is, um, I, I got into YouTube maybe five years ago, but I didn't do, I was one of those like, Oh, make a video and then didn't do it forever. But I made a painting video or called it how to grow a painting business. And I didn't look at YouTube for like four years. And then I looked and it had like 10,000 views and some of the comments on there, I'm like, man, people are like attacking my soul, but I'm like, I've totally forgot about it. And it was like, Oh yeah, I made that piece of content. So it's kind of, it's cool how it appreciates over time, but I also think like, you know, considering the sources of the comments with a grain of salt and not taking it too personally, because I think some people's purpose is just to attack, you know, the good they see or whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> nah, that's a hundred percent. And uh, I've learned that. And you really do it when you, when you present yourself out um, mm -hmm. online, you put your, you make yourself public, you really got to become bulletproof. Uh, you got to love, you know, both the hate and the, the love you get. Like, um, Cause yeah, there, there's some people who subscribe to me literally just to watch my videos and like dislike it or leave it in a negative comment. And like, what I realized is that no matter how authentic you are or like how much you want, like every, we all want to be liked by everyone. But like, I just realized that like, that's not realistic. Like no matter who you are, like, you know, some of the, like the most profound people like to ever walk this earth have haters. Like people, you know, there's people who, who hate on Gandhi, people who hate on MLK. Like no matter like what you do, there's always like no one, you're never going to be liked by everyone. I think if you can accept that one thing, like you'll be good to go. Cause sometimes, yeah, you'll, you'll put out some content and you'll get like a, you know, a hundred people are super excited or like, are thankful for the content. Then you get one person who's like, Oh, this video sucks. You're an idiot. And you're like, and you put so much energy on the one comment and start ignoring the hundred positive comments. It's crazy how much like power negativity has. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, man. I think the thing in life, the worst thing you can do is just stay in the middle, you know, be lukewarm. You're neither one side. You know, if you, don't stand for something you'd stand for nothing so i think you're right the some of the greatest leaders in the world you know we're we're polarizing to some degree you know you're not going to have everybody agree with you so i think yeah having that bulletproof mentality i really like that controversy is controversy is good like every everyone who's great you know there's some controversial aspect and i think you know that's what kind of that's what kind of i think too drives a community like i, I don't want to be like a yes man like you know, like where I don't really have a solid opinion. It's just like, oh, okay, like I just go with the flow. Like now, like I'm going to, you know, you have to stand for something. So I think you yeah. made a good point. How old are you, man? So I'm 23. Crazy. Where did you get your, uh, your wisdom from? <laughs> um, I just like, I'm, I've always been like really just, you know, interested in, in learning. But what's funny is like, I would say like my story, like growing up, um, like in the traditional school system, I was never really like that interested in school. Um, there's classes like I literally just go in and go to sleep. Um, and I just, I was just bored with it. And then once I actually graduated high school, that's when I really begin like my journey. And I'm still like, it's a lifelong journey, but like just constantly like seeking out like wisdom and like wanting to know more and like really in a sense, kind of like unlock life. Um, and I'm as an, as an adult now, like I'm growing, you know, I'm growing myself and just trying to like really expose myself to different things and gain like a full or I, I would say a more like full perspective of like the world and like just, you know, wisdom and stuff. So like, I like to read, take courses and just, you know, kind of grow my mind a lot and be around different people who do the same. That's awesome, man. It sounds like your mindset is really, 
wired for success and for growth. And you said you're, you're a lifelong learner, you know, never saying that you've learned everything and arrived. It's always just, it's constant. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think that's the only way um, to win. Like there really is like no exact destination um, per se. Like, you know, like for example, when you graduate like college, you, like you have a degree, it's like that month, like, okay, like you, you, you've arrived. But like for me, like there's never been like that moment. It's just like, okay, like, I don't even know, like, as an entrepreneur, like, when do you celebrate, you know, do you celebrate when you hit your first, you know, 100K? Is it like, you know, is it when I make my first million dollars down the road or whatever? Like, when do I stop and go like, oh, okay, I've made it. And I feel like, you know, I never want to have that mindset. I just always want to keep like striving for the next level, um, mm -hmm. whatever that level is, you know, I just want to keep attaining until like, you know, until it's over for me. Totally. So let's get into to it a little bit, man. Let's talk pressure washing. So can you tell the listeners, uh, a little bit about your pressure washing business, kind of when you started it and kind of your journey to, to get it off the ground? Sure. So, yes, yeah. so like I said, I'm 23 years old now. And I believe I started pressure washing back when I was 17 years old is when I first even came across the term pressure washing. Now, my understanding of pressure washing then compared to now is a whole lot different. Um, I feel like I started like anyone else, a little bit kind of like um, naive about the industry, uh, which I guess may have played a good part because like I was just like I was. I had this confidence. It's just like, I didn't, you know, like I didn't care like what people thought about me or whatever. Like, and it was just like, I was just doing my thing. So really when I first came across pressure washing was um, like a lot of people, I used to cut grass, but then I realized like that was really competitive because like once you start making money, like it's me and my friend would cut grass on the weekends. Then all the other people want to make money. Like they would just take out their lawnmowers at the garage and go start door knocking as well. I was like, this is really competitive. I was like, I need to find something else. And then one day our neighborhood was having a, a neighborhood was having an HOA improvement day. And so it, it included like, you can rent a pressure washer from them for a, a lot of time amount. And uh, my dad was like, hey, you wanna like use this machine, like pressure wash the house? It's like, whatever, like sure. Went outside for like 10 minutes. I'm sitting there blasting the house. Literally not, I don't, I had no clue what I was doing. And from there we took it to the next person who was uh, up next to use it. And she offered to like pay me to wash her house. Uh, luckily I had basketball practice. I was like, I declined it, but I, that put a seed in my mind. Like this might be a potential business. So from there, I saved up some birthday money and bought my first pressure washer off of Craigslist for like 200 bucks and then just started door knocking and like just doing everything kind of like completely wrong. Like me, we was like, uh, it was still me and my friend and we would go door knock charging probably pennies. I think we charged like 50, 60 bucks. Like we really didn't know the value of the service. We're climbing ladders, didn't know what chemical to use, using purple power and just trying a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then I got to a point one day we did a, a, um, a family friend's home someone I knew from like church growing up and uh everything was going smooth and the next day the house dried and like I had basically I used too much pressure remove, remove optimization the house looked terrible I I stopped pressure washing for that I ended up like settling it giving her a refund and it just discouraged me so much I was like what I was like what did I do like I don't want to ever do this again uh you know and damage someone's home so I stopped for two years and then uh eventually like I picked it back up I was like I'm gonna learn this time and then that's kind of what it's been like since then Man, that's unreal. I didn't know that. So you had a little two-year hiatus where you just... Yeah, I just stopped. Yeah, man. I was just like, it scared the mess out of me. Like, I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old. I'm just like, you know, because I, I didn't, back then too, like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really running it like a business per se. Like, I didn't have insurance. I was just like, like I said, very young and naive. And I like, just thought like, okay, I bought a pressure wash. Like, you know, I'm good to go. So like, it's kind of like the same mentality of me just having a lawnmower and door knocking. That's the same approach I took with pressure washing. So, and I, I just... Back then, I never even thought like I would still be doing this. I just thought like it was a, because I didn't know the value of it. I thought it was just like a little side hustle. And so I was just using it until I did the next thing. And then 
uh, you know, something in me just told me, like, keep learning more about it. And so it's, it's you know, since then, like, it's been a lot of, like, growth, um, just learning more about the industry. And then, you know, obviously now getting on YouTube and kind of sharing with others, like, my journey and trying to help people uh, that are just starting out, like, myself, so they don't have to make the same mistakes I did. Man, that's awesome, though. Like, I love the, just the entrepreneurial, you know, the scrappiness just to go out and get it. People harp on the $99, you know, guy, I'm like, well, that's how people get started in this industry and actually build something, you know? Um, so it's super cool to see. It's not like you were, you know, trust fund baby with a hundred grand, like go and get whatever. It's like you had to earn every dollar that, that you got. Yeah. And I think, you know, a certain, I think a certain sense of like naivety is like, is, is good. Like being naive just a little bit in a sense. Cause like, I feel like when you, when you uh, overanalyze, like call it analysis paralysis, you might like overcomplicate the thing. So if I would have done like a lot, like I wish I would have done at least some sort of research before I started, but I feel like the deeper you go, you get some of these groups, you might get really discouraged from starting if you get too much information. Cause then like my mind could have easily been like, started going to these groups and forums and seeing like, oh, I don't have, you know, $10,000 or even five or even a thousand dollars get started. You know, maybe I shouldn't do this. So I think to a certain point, I just grind mode of just getting out there. Um, you know, hitting the dirt and just trying to like, you know, build your business. And so yes, a little bit of blindness there. And yes, it's going to make you, you're going to go through a lot of failures and ups and downs. But I think overall, like, you know, I think it was very helpful for me. Like I said, if I could start over, I would definitely have done a little more research, but I think I still would have taken a little bit similar approach, but with more of a growth mindset to like reinvest my, in my business, like at an earlier stage. Yeah. It, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm like, the other flip side is you go and sink all this money into equipment and you don't actually know how to get this little thing right here to ring. And then okay. it's like, okay, you're kind of on the other side of the fence and, and kind of screw yourself over that way. So I, I agree though, man, I started the same way, just door knocking and you don't know what you don't know, but you figure it out over time, which I think is great. And that's the fun of being an entrepreneur, I think is looking back and being like, you should be looking back and almost like chuckling being like, look at Isaiah 18 years old, five years ago. It's like, now look what, what, what I've done, what I've learned. Uh-huh. I love what you just said, because even like for me, when I said, when I growth mindset, I want to every, like, even every month, every few months, I want to look back and laugh at my old self. And I think that's a very essential. If you can't do that, you have to question what have you been doing with yourself? And like, if you can't look back and laugh at, at your old self, then I would, you know, then I, I would say you're probably stagnant or, you know, you're kind of full of yourself thinking you've made it. It's either one of those two things. So for me, I always want, if I can't look back even like by the end of this year, or even in a couple of months ago, wow, like look at my old self. Then, you know, for me, like that's how I kind of measure growth. So I want to be always able to look back and go like, man, like what was I doing back then? Like that was kind of dumb. Like yeah. that, that's literally life. Like you're not going to, life isn't a straight path. Like there's literally, it's, it's all zigzags and, and, you know, different paths but it's not just like straight path to where like everything's gonna be perfect and work out like I feel like it's definitely necessary it builds your story man you should teach like motivation or something you're you're firing me up it's awesome <laughs> and I appreciate that like I've been like motivation so I mean I grew up listening to people like Zig Ziglar I don't know if people heard of him um, oh yeah Les Brown so like, I heard that stuff like, you know, I heard stuff like that when I was young so like I've always been a mindset person like regardless of like business or whatever it is like for me like life is a 99 percent mental game mm -hmm. um 
And so if I feel like when I, if I can win the mindset, you win everything else. Cause everything literally starts up here. Yeah. And then, you know, through action and putting the work and that's when things manifest. So like if you can't win the middle battles and like you, you know, like you're going to lose at everything you try. hundred percent. So give, give the listeners, Isaiah, you know, you got scrappy, you were door knocking, maybe give us a few more tangible marketing strategies. Some people watching this are, you know, just getting out there. I know you've got a ton of content on your channel, but what would be kind of like two or three things that to be like, okay, I got my pressure washer. How do I get this guy ringing? I know you know how to do that. So tell us some low cost strategies that you found have worked. Sure. So, um, one, like when I first started, like I said, I didn't really have any concept of like, I've always had like a business name and stuff, but I didn't really brand myself. So starting off one, I would say, uh, how customer perception, how do they perceive your business? Like, you know, like for example, right now I'm wearing my hat. So different things like, you know, just like looking professional, branding yourself and versus separating yourself from a, you know, just some guy that's just throwing a pressure wash on a truck from an actual business owner. So I would say one, present yourself to the marketplace as a professional service, but then actually getting down to like getting customers. Um, one, people buy from people they like. I think people forget like simple things. Like, are you even a likable person? You know? Like, do people like, if they don't like you, like, you know, if you're like, you know, an a-hole, like, who wants to do business with you? Like, I'm rereading a book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, um, which is super powerful. I definitely recommend that book. But, like, become more personable and, like, within, you know, even in conversation, somehow maybe your business gets mentioned and if someone likes you, they're going to be like, oh, hey, you know, like, oh, I know somebody who might need the service or, uh, you know, they might need it themselves. So I think one is, you know, when you, you're personable, you're likable. And then you're talking about your business, you get a lot of referrals in. I think referrals are, you know, referrals are the best, I think, business you can get. Yeah. It doesn't really cost you anything. And then that level of trust is normally already there. Versus if you meet a new customer, you kind of have to sell yourself more. But someone's word carries a lot of weight. So if, if a friend recommends uh, my business to them, that's literally all the time, like a closed deal. Like it's deal done because yeah. they've carried, you know, the other person is basically giving them, uh, like giving credibility to my business. Um, that boots on the ground. Like if you don't have a lot of money when you're first starting out, I mean, like I would say like uh, door hangers and flyers. Now these aren't high conversion things. Like you're going to pass out a thousand flyers and you may, depending on, you know, you know, the ad copy and the graphics that affects your conversions. But even if you have the best ad copy conversions, you may only get like a few phone calls. But the way I see it as even if I only pass, if I pass out a thousand flyers, and I get five phone calls. Those five phone calls are super important to me because each person is a gateway. You don't know who other people know. Yeah. Like one of those five phone calls could be somebody who is, uh, you know, the board of the HOA of the neighborhood that could lead to you doing, you know, 50 homes. Mm -hmm. So I think no matter who you're dealing with is like, you know, is really value every opportunity you get to be in front of a customer and to sell your business. Um, other than that, on the paid side, for me, I've gone, I put a lot of money into Facebook advertising. Uh, now more and more people start to talk about Facebook, but, um, I was using it because a lot of guys in this industry are a lot older than me and they kind of have this, uh, perspective towards like social media is like, and like, you know, I've been in business for 40 years. Uh, you know, I'm, I got enough referrals with my business. So for me, like I've been taking advantage of Facebook and that's worked very well. Um, just because, you know, everybody's on Facebook. Uh, yeah. so once you do that, you build reviews up on your page and people can go kind of, uh, I say like reviews kind of give your ad uh, credibility. And that's like the selling point. Like your, your ad is like the bait. It brings them in. But like the, uh, the reviews are the hook. 
Like that's what's going to keep them attached. Like if you have a great ad and people click it and then they go research your business and like they're here, they've seen a bunch of bad things. You've just lost the sale. Yeah. So it's a combination between like putting yourself out there, um, you know, targeting the right audience. And then you close the sale with those, you know, with good reviews and, um, you know, having good customer service. So Facebook ads have worked very well for me. Like one thing I want to improve on this year though, is my SEO. That's something I've kind of neglected, which is really dumb. Uh, so I need to definitely work on getting found like organically, like online, but it's just that Facebook has worked really well. Like I've had times where, you know, I spent $10 in ad spend and, and close of, you know, $1,500, um, nice. sale. And then that's been a, from there. Um, now for that one specific example, I closed, uh, I think we spent like 15 bucks. We closed a customer, quoted her for $1,400. Um, and then the next year she's getting ready to put the house in the market. So we came out again and, and did $1,200 more work. So overall we're looking at almost, you know, close to, uh, it's probably like $2,800 nice. in, in work off of one customer. So I think people got to put that in perspective when, you know, they think about running ads and a lot of guys will spend 10 bucks and go, no one contacted me. Like Facebook yeah. ads don't work. Well, I'm like, you know, one of the things about marketing is there's a, uh, the theory basically you have to be seen like seven touches. Yep. At least like that's just a kind of, I think it's seven or six times that people have to see you to kind of like get it ingrained in their mind. Like, okay, you keep popping up. Eventually if somebody needs your service, I'm like, you know, I've seen this company over and over again. I'm going to give them a call, you know? Yeah. So I think you got to be willing. It's a long-term play. It's not just like spend 20 bucks. Oh, I didn't get any phone calls. This sucks. Like, come on now. <laughs> that's gold, man. I love it. Uh, let me see if I can recap. Have a professional brand. Don't be an a-hole. Get referrals hit up your neighborhood strategies, tell the neighbors where you are, Facebook ads and SEO. That's like, if you do that, do it well, you're dynamite. Yeah. And a, another thing that I recently learned from different marketers I've talked to, um, which I'm gonna work on this year as well, is actually is focusing on, uh, is getting really known in one area before you spread yourself too wide. Mm. And so like in the past, even though like I've done very well with Facebook, like we would target you know, multiple cities in our area that are within like 30, you know, minutes, 40, 40 minutes, depending on how uh, large the sale is. But one of the things we're going to work on this year too, is, is just really zeroing in on, you know, getting known and really in one market um, versus like being all over the place, even though you can still, you know, get plenty of business by, you know, expanding yourself. But if you can get known in just one, you know, region, one part of your, you know, your area, mm -hmm. I think you also write, you know, really uh, tight business. Yeah, man, I tell my students that, like we say, take a sniper approach rather than machine gun. You know, sniper is like, we get most of our work in like 40 different neighborhoods throughout our area. And we really only work in an 18 mile square box is where a lot of our work comes from. And we just exactly what you said, like flyer the neighborhood, put signs up, you know, door knock when it's not COVID, um, ask for reviews, referrals. It's like, you're way better harvesting and farming like the subdivisions with a thousand houses then like you know send out every door direct mail to you know a hundred thousand type of thing and you need the multi touch point like you said too yeah yeah so that's why you know i recommend just don't like don't just uh have um kind of the same approach i take towards like finances is having like multiple streams of income mm -hmm. which is something you know i'm very like uh uh, like serious about is like you know is diversifying yourself but the same way you diversify diversify yourself in money you got to do in other areas too so like in business like when it comes to marketing having more than you know one weapon more than one angle you can approach customers at so you know if you uh send out uh flyers or postcards to a neighborhood then you can also then after you send the postcards to them 
you know, touch them again on Facebook. So put, you know, the Facebook radius to that area. And obviously you're not going to touch every customer because not everybody's on Facebook, but that might be, you know, two touch point. They're like, okay, hey, I've seen this person on, uh, you know, the postcards. I'm seeing them on, on Facebook. Um, even I even tried a commercial last year with the local news. Now that was the ROI from my experience wasn't great. So I probably won't mess with that again. Um, I like more targeted things and like data driven things. So that's why I like Facebook because I can see the data. I can yeah. see what cost me per lead. I, you know, I can see the measure the ROI with certain aspect with certain different um, marketing things is not as easy to measure. And like, you can't, to me, like you can't scale what you can't measure. Totally, man. I was talking about that with a friend this morning, Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets managed. It's like marketing is not a spray and pray method. Like in my first second year of business with my pressure washing business, I bought a TV ad. It was like 2000 bucks. I was like, I'm going on prime time, nice golf shirt. I thought, you know, when I'm done that, the phone will just ring. We got like absolutely nothing from two grand spend. Cause I'm like, you just reach this whole community with one touch point. It does nothing you need. We would have been better with a million different other marketing approaches where we actually do multi touch points. Crazy. Yeah. That's kind of like my similar story with my commercial. Like it didn't like, we didn't spend two K I think we spent, I think $900. And I don't know how many times the commercial played. It might have went like for like a week or something. But like, I think we might have closed. We got like one phone call. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, I won't do commercials anymore. But like for me, what I realized like too in marketing, I think you do have to be open to different aspects, which is why like, you know, even like my whole life approach is like, I'm willing to experiment with different things. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes like you really have to test before you really know what works and what does it. Um, and a little simple thing, even like once you do put out marketing, is answer the dang phone like so many people <laughs> like customers are trying to call them but like you're not answering the phone and so you're missing business um and so for me like my literally my first and i would say the most important hire because like i don't have like it's just really like that's a three-person team and i might add on a couple people if, uh, if it's a busier day like yep. my full-time person is someone who literally handles phone calls and like responding to facebook messages nice. when i hired my assistant i made more money because I realized me trying to be the, the they call it like the chief uh, bottle washer, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and cook. Like you're trying to do everything basically and you're really not getting nothing done. So like uh, by me trying to handle everything, phone calls, doing the work, handling marketing, you know, being the accounting person, like uh, I would be on a job, people would be calling me while I'm working, but then like I'm working. So I don't want to stop and answer phone calls. So mm -hmm. end of the day, I'm trying to reach back with these people. But, you know, by the time I do that, they've already moved on to the next company. So you got like, one thing is like answer your phone. So if you can't do that, if you're missing phone calls, I would definitely consider like, you know, hiring uh, someone who can answer your phone calls, assistant, a VA, or, you know, one of those uh, companies that just do phone calls, you might pay them like 500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the ROI is definitely worth it. Like, even if you are a one man show, I would say have an assistant that handles yeah. phone calls. Yeah, that's huge, man. I've heard the acronym of a CEO being the chief everything officer, which we do not want we want to be specialized in growing the business and i always like to delegate to to experts and you know so you're saying find a specialist who can pick up your phone because we calculated every time this thing rings it costs us 30 bucks is is what it costs to get a, a quality lead so if you miss three calls it's just like boom right there and in busy season you you'll miss three calls really quick so it's flush it, yeah, flush nice. going down the toilet if you don't answer the phone. So I think that's important. Like, you know, and that's honestly, it's probably like one of the most important hires I would say anyone to make. And as I said, regardless of your team size, um, 
Because even when we talk about growing your business, there's different aspects that your business can grow in. There's one, there's growing your business in the sense of revenue, which has my, been my main focus, and there's uh, growing your business in, in team size. Mm -hmm. So I think one, when it comes to that, there isn't one, just one way of doing things. And I would say a lot of people will focus on like, you know, um, the idea like you have to have like multiple trucks or, you know, or, you know, or just be a solo person. I think you got to find out at the end of the day what works for you. Not everyone wants the same thing. So do you just want to be, you know, kind of a small solo operation that's making, you know, you know, at least $100,000 a year? Or do you want to, you know, uh, grow a big team, you know, put those systems in place? I think it's completely up to you, um, you know, what you want to do. And so yeah. you're just going to analyze what does growth mean for you personally? Man, I agree. Like I've got friends that are solo operators. They do a hundred, hundred grand a year. A lot of that's profit. I know someone that does 500,000 a year, couple crews, they make good money. And then I know people that are in seven figures and they make good money. So you're right. There's more than one way to skin a cat. The biggest thing is like setting the business up to serve you. I think people get lost in the ocean of opinions on Facebook and YouTube and think, if I don't have, you know, five trucks and a manager, then I've like failed. It's like, man, you can have an amazing lifestyle business and you don't need five trucks. You could do it with one, two. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, and that, that's like, for me, it's just like, you know, like, and I put up my, I try to make all my content geared towards, you know, like I actually just put out a video the other day. I'm like, there's not many things in life that are concrete. They're just like absolutes, you know? Things change over time. Like, you know, people say like certain things, like, for example, like, oh, that's impossible. Then somebody does it. And then like now everyone can do it. Like, so that they're, they're, you have to figure out what is your, you know, life philosophy? Like, what is your reality? Don't, you know, you can borrow other people's reality, but like, are you at the end of the day happy with what you're doing? Like, is this a life that you want for yourself? So like, for me, I live by the idea of lifestyle by design. So, you know, do what makes you happy. A lot of times you're going to be influenced by outside things like, you know, social media and stuff. And you might start to feel that, oh, you know what, even though you might be happy right now, how, how your business is, you might start watching all these other things and be like, okay, you know what? Wow. I don't have a million dollar business. Like all of a sudden now you're unhappy when, you know, about what you're doing, even though beforehand you were, you know, you were completely good to go. And now you're like, wow, you know, I need to grow this. And then, so you might start doing it, but like the more you, you, you try to grow and, or, you know, take it to the next level, you might become less happy. So I think you have to really figure out like, you know, what approach do I want? Like for me personally, like right now I've been focusing on, you know, growing revenue versus growing a large team. This year is going to be more of a focus of putting more systems in place to grow like multiple trucks. But at the same time, being 23 and not having really like many, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. Like my business works for my lifestyle. Um, you know, I work when I want to work. Like I'm going to, in a couple of days, like I'll be in Mexico for a whole week. Like I like to, you know, I'm, like, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, and they like people might, have an opinion about like, oh, you know, you should be doing this every day or, you know, you should be out working every day, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. and then they're like, money isn't just my driving focus. Like, you know, I'm about like, just like lifestyle overall. I think that's where our economy is going, man, is like, you're, you're obviously younger and, and this, you know, up and coming and you're crushing it. I think people your age that are coming in our industry, home services, pressure washing, whatever, I think the business will be more of an emphasis on lifestyle and on design. And I think people are looking up to you and will at a continuing rate of like, wow, Isaiah's built this business. He's the first to say it's not easy, but look at this lifestyle it can propel now. And I think 
your future spouse, family, friends, they're going to be benefiting from all this work you've put in now as you're, you know, out there hustling and grinding. And I know for me through my twenties, I just worked my butt off and turned 32 on Monday. And then like looking back, I'm like, yeah, what do I want the next 10 years to look like it as entrepreneurs, we can reverse, like we can almost gamify it for ourselves. And I think Ben Franklin said the only guarantee is death and taxes. So it's like, yeah. you're that. <laughs> nothing is nothing. It just cause you did 200 K last year. There's no guarantee that happens this year. It's always showing up. And, and what you said about 20 minutes ago, success isn't linear. It's like one of my favorite diagrams is the success is so up and down. And that is like the entrepreneur roller coaster. So um, pretty, yep. pretty cool exactly. You know, exactly what it is. It's definitely a roller coaster. Um, now, overall, if, you, if it was a graph, you definitely want to look at it and hopefully see an uptrend. I think if, you're, if your roller coaster is down here for too long, you really have to like do a self-evaluation and ask yourself why. Yeah. Like, um, obviously, like, life and business is going to be full of struggle. But if every year you're doing, for example, like the same number, you got to ask yourself, you know, what's stopping me from breaking through this barrier? Like for me, for the longest time, because of my mindset, I was operating a business when I was like, you see, probably 18 through... 20 or whatever i don't even know but like i was operating a business that was like making like side hustle money like two three thousand dollars sometimes a little bit more than that a month mm -hmm. and then i was like why am i at this level and like, i was working hard working a lot and i was like what's stopping me for me it was a couple factors one was i was not charging enough money yep. <laughs> so like i had quantity but i didn't have quality so like that's why now i tell people like even if you start off as a 99 person great that's a learning experience you got your practice you dealt with customers so nothing goes nothing is a waste even if you have a year it's like you know you are in that that uh that blind spot and you don't really know what to charge okay yeah that's not a waste you know you still made some money you got some business experience now you learn like cool you know what i realize i need to raise my prices so doing that gave me a jump and then the next level was uh upgrading my equipment from i had like you know pressure washing low so upgrading my equipment and then three was having a sales funnel pretty much. So we're focusing on upsell. So, you know, not if a customer call, calls me just to quote a home, honestly, now I, I quote everything and give them a choice. I'm like, hey, you know, here's this, you know, but I recognize all these other things can be done as well. Here's what we offer. And I think it's important to do because you can provide, by doing that, you're providing the customer more value. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you're doing them a disservice if you're not showing them all the different services they could have. And so, you know, if you can increase your average ticket size, you know, 50% more, mm -hmm at the end of the year, like that makes for a, you know, a, lar a lot larger bottom line. So simple things like that can be used to easily grow your business. This yeah. Is Another mic drop, man. <laughs> Bam. Um, yeah. Two things I love there. Raise the prices for people watching. Last year, we raised our prices 40% in my pressure wash business. That's a big hike. We lost 15% on the bottom of customers that were too price sensitive, but that's okay. We're still booking... 49% of our quotes we do. Um, two is, um, oh crap, I forgot my train of thought. The other, oh, the package pricing. So we do uh, standard, deluxe, premium. So good, better, best, you know, bronze, silver, gold, call it whatever you want, but you're exactly right. Like stop quoting the a la carte pricing because the tickets add up. You know, you can bundle and you can look in your service area and talk to Mrs. Smith and say, package a b or c um take your pick and you can you save more and you get more value so that's been we've been pushing the packages big the last year and been been a game changer that with raised prices is a a, a completely different business
Absolutely. And like, you just made a good point. You have to be okay with losing customers. Like all of my past customers knew me as the $99 guy. They were happy with my service. You know, like they called me back up, but then, you know, once I'm like, once I realized like, okay, you know, I'm selling myself very short. I lost a lot of customers. A lot of people like, Oh, you know, it's too high. I'm like, cool. You know, like that's great. And I, you know, I realized that when I was $99, I'm closing everybody. Yep. You know, everybody wants a house wash at that price. Yeah. Um, once you start raising your price off and you go to more, it's more of a premium market, you're going to get some no's. And I think you got to be okay with that because guess what? If I'm charging, if my average ticket is now went from a hundred dollars to even two fifty, I don't need everyone to say yes. You know, like I could do half the work and make more money. So, you know, like <laughs> it's now quality over quantity. Like you can, if you just, if everyone's saying yes, you're definitely too cheap. If everyone's saying no, you might be too hot. So you got to find that sweet spot as far as pricing. You know, for me, I'm not the greediest person in the market. So, you know, being that the, with the business model I run, I don't have to be the most expensive because I don't have a bunch of employees to pay. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just something to consider. Everything should be based upon your business model. And what is it costing you to run your business? You can't go off of, you know, uh, you know, business owner Y over here or, or business owner, you know, Z who's, you know, charging this, you're charging, he's charging that. Mm -hmm. You got to know your own numbers. Yep. You know, he might be at that point because he has, you know, a, a large team and they can't split a small pie. Right. Or else it's, it's just everybody's getting crumbs. So the price has to be here. And it's just like, you know, knowing your market. McDonald's is not serving the same market as like, you know, a five star steak restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, so what is your what is your business model? So I think that's important to know. So good, man. I, I don't even want to jump in because I'm just like, yep, agree with that. Yep. Yep. I would say the same thing. You're just you're you're so on point with the advice you're giving. So wrap it up for us, Isaiah. Tell us where, like, you're obviously a young guy. You're, you're juggling 49 different things. Where are you and your business heading in the next two years, three years? Like, are you going to keep the washing going? Are you going to push more into education? Like, I think our space needs more people like you educating people on don't make this mistake, do this, don't do that. And you're giving all this great advice. So where, where are you heading in the next few years? So right now, like my big emphasis on this year is, is really to pull myself out of the day-to-day -day of uh, exterior cleaning. So this year's emphasis really on um, growing the business in both revenue. And I think I'm, I want to add a couple of services this year. So I think we're going to add exterior cleaning. I mean, not exterior cleaning, exterior window washing yeah. sorry, um, to the business just to increase the average ticket size um, to do better on SEO and then also to put teams in place. So my goal is to remove myself from my own, my personal business. Um, that's local. And then I also want to put someone else in place in another city um, that I've kind of had my eyes on. So that's nice. my goal there. But um, me personally, like, I just love, like, I love uh, experimenting. I love entrepreneurship as just a whole. So I love learning. So for me, I'm attracted to different businesses. I like putting my hand in, and dabbling in different areas. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm doing that one because like I'm young and I, I really advise people while they're young to try a lot of things. Like, there's nothing wrong with like really, you know, you don't know what you like until you try it. So I think don't just put yourself in a box. Uh, if you try a business and it doesn't work out and you're not, you don't like it. Cool. Move on. Like even if you, you know, invested some money in it, you can get money back. You can't get time back. So yeah. I think try more things. Uh, so really for me, like this year, outside of my exterior cleaning is I want to do more traveling and just building relationships. So I'm, I'm doing things that are more content based and kind of like highlighting other uh, people in their businesses. So I'm starting another channel um, called Inside Glimpse where I go around 
and kind of do day in the life videos of different um, entrepreneurs and kind of careers so people can kind of see what's out there and gain a perspective and kind of be like, okay, you know what? I might like that or I might like this. And I think, you know, I think exposure is key. I think you got to really expose yourself to gain perspective on life. And yeah, sorry, the new channel is called Inside Glimpse. Yep. Okay. And your, your host's flagship channel is Zay Wonder Journal on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. So like what I've done is like now I'm, I'm creating like I have different channels. Like I have right now that are active. I have Zay Wonder Journal and Grow With Zay. Grow With Zay is more or less like kind of just more just business and mindset talk and kind of like vlogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept Zay. I wanted Zay Wonder Journal to have all my content, but then I realized like once I've already built a certain audience of people who want who are coming for a certain type of content, yeah. when I put out videos that weren't exterior clean, the views were way less. Yeah. And I realized like, you know, the audience that I have, they don't want to see this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now basically I'm spreading out my content over different channels. So that way I'm like, hey, you know, if you want the exterior clean channel, the content, come here. But that's not that doesn't represent all of me. It's like mm-hmm. if you want, you know, to see other, you know, parts, you want to hear more mindset or whatever, or want to see my daily life, come to this channel. I'm not gonna put it all in one because everyone doesn't want to see it. So I'm kind of diversifying myself content wise it's amazing man i'm just there's so much work running one channel i'm like running two or three it's amazing that you can keep up that pace it's awesome yeah i mean i just like you know i I like i realize i like uh i like content and the reason i like you know being able to to relate to people and i think what's motivated me is with my main channel is seeing that what i'm putting out is actually adding value to people so that gives me energy like you know seeing content I mean, seeing comments of people saying like, wow, you know, this video really helped me yeah. or months down the road, like someone like DMing me on Instagram or Facebook and saying, hey, Masculine, like, thank you. Like you're one of the people, you know, I watched our, when I first started and now my business has like grown. And some people that will have started off watching me are even like past me, like business wise. I think it's great. Like, you know, yeah. that they took what I, you know, gave them and they just, they ran with it. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. So like, that's kind of what motivates me. And I've seen the power, um, you know, and just putting out videos and like, you know, and being authentic. So that's what kind of what drives me. I just want to do more of that. I've found men, like I used to have a painting business and you'd get so much satisfaction from painting that house or with my cleaning company, like you clean that house, make the old new again. Those are like an incredible feeling, but even helping somebody like achieve their goals and set up their business. And when they say like, literally that piece of advice changed my business and my life, it's like, that's almost like 10 times for me, like the feeling of like, wow, I'm helping people. Free advice or not, it's just like when you can actually help people learn from you, it's like, I can't even describe the feeling. It's just like you're saving them time and they're so grateful for it and you love doing it. It's just like a win for everybody. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, that's why I believe it's so important to, for everyone to grow because your growth, I think, really isn't even about you but about, you know, who you're going to um, be able to inspire and help in the future. And so that's why, you know, I think things like, you know, um, you know, wealth in different areas, but even talking about like money, I think it's important to, you know, to focus on that area, not just to be, you know, wealthy for yourself, but when you're, you know, when you're truly wealthy in life, like I said, not just in money, but you, when you're wealthy, you have more to give, you know, you can be more giving to people, you know, you can, you know, help without feeling a way about it. And you, I feel like I would just say you can give more freely. And when I say like wealth, I do mean that in every area. So not just like in money, but wealth in spirit, wealth in like love and stuff like that. You know, the more wealth you build for yourself, the more that you can give away. So I think it's important to, in a sense, you have to have like growth in a sense might be sometimes selfish. It might mean, you know, saying no to some people, 
that time that you need to focus on yourself because you know if I give you myself right now and I you know and I'm on E then you know you're not gonna get much I'm gonna be destroyed so I think it's important to have those, those periods of time where you're just like you know you got to focus on you for a minute to yeah. be able to give back to the world yeah man and prioritizing health too like wealthy in your health right you're exactly. you're off to the gym after this and you're you're training your mindset your your training your physical body your spirit it it all works together there is no separation of business and personal life it's all one messy conglomerate it all works together yeah it's it's all just it's all one will and i think you know it's one moving will and i think you have to learn to like to connect everything so many people want to separate different areas of life like you know it's hard to like i'm obviously not married but i feel like you know like if you're if you're if you're having a, you know, marriage problems and you also go to work, like you might think I have a work life and a marriage life, but those two things are eventually going to cross over yep. and you might not realize it, but then, you know, your attitude might change in the work and stuff like that. So you might, or you might bring work home to your relationship mm -hmm. and, you know, fires start to happen. So I think you got to like realize that all of life is all working together. So you really can't um, compartmentalize anything. It all has to work in one. So, you know, yep. you, you don't want to get too far up with like, okay, you have all the money in the world, but then your health is crap. Mm -hmm. so you got it you know it's it's one mechanism that has to work together exactly man with that too it's just like some people say oh i'll just you know go crazy working to build my business for two years and then i'll come back to my spouse or my family it's just like i've bordered on that where you just like go crazy working but you never you do yourself a disservice in the long run i think there are times and seasons where you're like okay i'm gonna be pushing full throttle this next month is going to be crazy but then you need to pull back and reestablish roots and then go again and and so there is no like perfect balance but i think there's seasons where you're pushing in different departments but by no means do i think you need to say relationships health everything over here because it's like i gotta grind 168 hours a week so it is hard work but i think you can set up some guardrails too yep absolutely 100 percent. love it man well we're gonna let you run uh i didn't even check our feed for comments so i'll deal with those after but for those of you watching uh find isaiah what's the best way to connect with you your youtube what else um so instagram is um i'm active on instagram so me.zay with two y's i'm active on there um you can send me a facebook friend request like if you just find isaiah ashley and then obviously you can hit me up on youtube i try to respond to uh you know a large amount of comments i don't get back to everyone just because it gets to be a lot but um definitely can keep up with me on any of those platforms instagram youtube facebook isaiah has seven thousand people looking up to him so don't take it personal if he doesn't reply to your comment is what he's saying super cool <laughs> well thanks isaiah for your time i know we ran overtime i'll uh, i'll let you run back to your workout and we'll definitely do this again soon and and maybe check up with you later this season see how things are going Awesome, man. I look forward to that. Once again, I appreciate you having me on. You bet, man. We'll chat soon. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.